Welcome to Curito Connects. I'm your host, Jen, and I've been conversing with friends around the world about life challenges and impactful moments. Conversations on this platform look at answering the questions, how we overcome challenges and how our experiences shape who we are and the work we do today. I hope this work can inspire you on your own personal and individual journey. Let's dive right in. Hello, my guest today is Michael Mike Tai, founder of Wing Chun Connect, a Taiwan-based Wing Chun Kung Fu and Tai Chi Chen martial arts school. Hi, Mike. Hi, Jen. <laughs> Did I pronounce that right, by the way? You could, yeah, that's fine. Okay, okay. Uh, born and raised in California, Mike moved to Taiwan in 2008 to dedicate himself to training full-time, creating a school to spread more awareness in Chinese martial arts and how in these last 14 years, there has been ups and downs in choosing this path and why he believes so strongly the benefits of martial arts practice can have on one's life. So I'm going to let Mike tell us more about how he chose the path of martial arts and why it has been so transformative for his own life and why he wants to share this art with more people. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for that introduction. And actually, I don't know where to start. How about let's go way back to California and what did you study in school? Right. Um, I studied uh, business econ, business economics at uh, UCR, University of California, Riverside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and then after college, I worked a couple years. Oh, did you do corporate? I didn't do corporate. No, not quite. Family-run businesses, uh, like smaller smaller businesses, I'd say. Oh, so you you come from family family business background as well. Well, I would say I was part of another family's business. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Not 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 pers not not personal. personally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you tried that out for a few years. Yeah, I did, and um, it was it was fine. Um, but it wasn't very exciting, you can say. Um, I sold shoes at a where like wholesale. Oh. Yeah. Like sneakers. Sneakers, yeah. Is that kind of fun too? <laughs> it's fun, but it gets boring. I mean, like repetitive. It is repetitive. Yeah. That's true. This yeah. kind of work is kind of repetitive. Yeah. So is that when you kind of decided to switch gears? Did you go off to grad school? How did you get exposed to martial arts? Right. Or so, has martial arts been always a practice you've had growing up as a kid? After working for a few years, I, um, as I was saying, it became repetitive. So I took off and went to go snowboarding for like a, a just just work at a work at a snow at a. Like resort. a ski shop, like a a resort, yeah, a resort. yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted to be like a snowboard instructor, and um, but actually, it it got. Did it get tedious too? <laughs> no, it didn't get tedious. I'd say it was. It, it felt like I was just playing. Okay. Yeah, and that um, I couldn't just keep doing that. 
Um, so my parents asked, told me to come back to Taiwan initially um, to study Chinese. Mm. Yeah, and not waste my life, um, you could say. This was early 20s, I'd say, like mid-20s. Wait, I do have to ask. Yeah, you. okay, sure. This is, this is your parents saying, like, that's not a path for you. But at the time, were you thinking, if they didn't say that to you, do you feel like you would have thought that? To come back to Taiwan or no, to... to continue to work at a resort and pursue this uh, snowboarding instructor career path. I did. And then, and then I realized that I probably shouldn't because once again, I felt like there was a little bit of too much play going on. I wasn't serious enough about what I wanted to okay. do with my life. I see. But it was fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed writing everything. So at this yeah. point, was Kung Fu in the picture yet? I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say okay, so. Okay, so yeah. this was like... Pre-Kung pre, pre Fu Mike. Like, not right. exposed to Kung Fu at all. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, just just the um, karate classes here and there. But, uh, but not traditional Chinese Kung Fu. Yeah. Okay, so, so then you came to Taiwan. Right. To study Chinese. Right. And is it fair? I don't want to stereotype, but is it fair to kind of say, you know, you were this, you know, Taiwanese American kid uh, coming back to homeland in Taiwan, not having been raised here at all, right? You just probably came back to visit family here and there. And most people know, uh, for those who are listening, um, a lot of times coming to Taiwan as a as an ABC, as an ABT, it's, it usually involves some partying and, and just kind of exploring the island and enjoying the fun side of kind of visiting, sure. visiting the island, right? So totally, were yeah. you kind of in that mindset as well when you were here? Like you came out here and thought, okay, I'm going to study Chinese in quotes. Right. Uh, you know, I'm in my young, you know, in my early 20s, I'm going to experience Taiwan and kind of figure out what I'm going to do during this period, maybe go back to the States. Um, to find a job afterwards or stay here. Right, right. There was never like a, a plan at that time to get situated and stay in Taiwan for so long. It was more, it was more, as you say, that, that typical stereotype of ABCs, <laughs> yeah. Of coming out here. Which so, is true, actually pretty true. Like, okay, so my stereotype yeah. was right. No, just kidding. Yeah. So, so what changed? What changed? <laughs> right. What changed? So you um, did do your part. You did do your, you know, partying and your exploring. Um, and at mm -hmm. some point you had to get serious, like you said earlier, right? Like you had to be more responsible. Right. You had to kind of figure out what you were going to do. So your parents wouldn't nag you. <laughs> right. And it's interesting that it's, yeah, that this conversation is going in that direction because actually that's how it, that's what happened even though I felt like I wasn't, that my parents weren't necessarily ecstatic about my, my, your choices, my choices in life. <laughs> um, I, and, and it, it, it pained me more to say, to like, think that I'd have to go back and work in an office mm -hmm. or wear a suit or yeah, just dress up in, dress up in, Go to 
go to work at eight in the morning and stay in the office all day. Yeah, this, this was, um, I definitely knew at that time that that's not what I wanted to do for work. <laughs> From a young age, I've always... You're an active kid. I was an active kid, but also I was going to refer to the Kung Fu. I was always interested in Kung Fu. Um, how it's, and how it's depicted in the movies was... It's really cool. It's really cool. It's like... It, <laughs> yeah, totally. It's really cool. You like the it, outfits? I like the outfits, but um, also like the um, the ideas behind them and like and the amazing feats that people could do um, in the movies. And I always, in the back of my mind, I always had like a, some sort of belief or some sort of like feeling that actually it is true or it is possible to do some of the crazy things that you see in right. martial arts. Karate movies. chop the plywood. Right. Karate <laughs> chop the plywood or, um, and then, or doing like, um, throwing fireballs out of your hands or. Um, flying or whatever, these things, yeah. I'd say after this, I went to study Chinese and then um, I was introduced to Wing Chun by a friend. Hey, um, you just, uh, you know that movie, It Man, um, everyone's into it. Uh, like, you should go try it. There's like a, there's a guy teaching it, like in the, in the Indong Zongjin. Mm -hmm. Like sports center. Sports center, right. Mm -hmm. And so then I went went to go try it. I thought it was pretty great. At that time he was only he only had like classes twice a week and it wasn't enough for me. I'd go to class on a Thursday and then I have to wait until the next Tuesday, week. yeah, to like get my next um your dose. <laughs> no. Right. No, I was going to say my next fix, but right. And then, so then I went to go seek, I went to go find his, his teacher, um, who later became my teacher, my teacher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I should say his name, right? It's up to you. Okay. Yeah. His, <laughs> he's, um, his name is, uh, Sifu Lomenkam. Yeah. And he is the uh, nephew of of it man. He's like in his late eighties or now. Yeah, he's in his late eighties now. Um, mm -hmm. But so when I met him, he was probably in his seventies. Mm -hmm. And wow, I was impressed that he could still move around the way that he did, being that age. I mean, um, he probably didn't look 70. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't look 70. And, and, and really, like, his, his, um, his, like, spirit. You can, you could feel his spirit, his energy was always, like, uh, it was always on. It was always, like, ready. He was always, like, ready to teach or ready to share. Um, and people were really drawn to that. So... What about this class that your friend, you know, uh, invited you to that really caught your, that was your fix, I guess, right? You, I guess at that point you started to not go to parties as much and you were just really drawn to this practice. So what was it about 
this practice that really hooked you. Right. So what that was would would be um, in in Wing Chun, there is a practice called sticky hands where you basically are you make contact with when you make contact with another person mm-hmm. um the, the 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 practice is to be able to stick to them or stick or like con- control them even or mm-hmm. like um or yeah follow, right yeah also with your eyes closed yes you could do it yeah it's more like the a tactile um sensitivity kind of thing Mm -hmm. where you don't have to use your eyes right right and you and it's more about the feeling that you have on the skin and whatever's going on inside so that was what hooked you that was what hooked me because i couldn't do it at that time i couldn't do it and i didn't know i mean i i you could say (laughs) i did it with quotes but it was like not um it was so coarse and it was so like um unrefined but that journey of learning how to do that was really powerful very powerful but that's what even keeps me going today today Uh, yeah because i was gonna say most people who go into a class if they they were like we're gonna we're gonna master the sticky hand but you have to come in for like half a year in order to practice before you get there. I think half the people in the class would have quit like by week two. For sure, <laughs> so, for sure. So yeah. I guess I, I'm just curious, like you were very intrigued. Like you, you know, you really wanted to master this. Was there anything else in your life at the time where your focus was at, you know, like, cause so I'm going to, you know, we talked about this before we start recording, too. I'm going to kind of go back to the yoga world example, right? So mm-hmm. usually people who walk into a yoga class, and, and again, I'm stereotyping here, but it's usually, you know, there's different reasons why people go into a yoga class. It could be because they want to try, you know, the, their, their doctor said you should go do a yoga class, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, other people are like, you should go in for, you know, deep stretches. Um, and others go in because... Yeah, again, they were recommended to go start a yoga practice because they are in a turning point in their life, right? And they're stuck and, you know, they're trying to find something to find inner peace, right? So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my question for you is personally at that point, yeah, was there anything that was, I guess, like, you know, trying to decide what career path you were going to take, you know, where were you at? at in your life at you know 20 year old self and then suddenly this martial arts master shows up in your in your trajectory and you're like this is it like i want to devote myself to this practice right (laughs) yeah so um i it wasn't it wasn't at my first um teacher's class where i really became hooked it was after i moved uh, switch, when I after I switch started te- switch teachers right switch to my master, master. now um, at at his school I was I'd say I was training we, we we have to train with a lot of the older kung fu brothers and there was an instant in one of my sessions with the older kung fu brother where he was able to 
take my balance and uproot me um, through this sticky hand practice. And it was just like, when I felt that, that was the moment when I was like, fuck, I have to learn this. And not, I have to learn what this is about because mm. it was something that I, <clears throat> wow, like I can feel, I feel emotional thinking about it, but it's like something that I um, just had to know. I had to know it like when I, after I felt that. Okay, I, I'm just curious. Would it be fair to say that sometimes when people feel that, right, like this, that uprootness, you know, and, and obviously we're using words to describe this and it's very hard to transcend this meaning unless you really experience it on an energetic level. But sometimes is that the ego talking going, oh, what is this? Like, I need to know what this is versus, you know, and we talked about this previously too, um, understanding the whole art form and the philosophy and the lifestyle um, that this whole, you know, ancient practice is about, right? So for you, was it where, you know, where, where was that for you in terms of when you felt that? <laughs> was it more ego talking or was it more like you knew a little bit already about the history and the philosophy? And then I wanted to ask how did continuing this practice and this lifestyle and, under, and understanding it on a deeper level really impact you into then choosing this path and starting a career in this path? And I guess, how did your parents react to that? Yeah, yeah. Um, orig originally, was your question about the, was it like an egoic kind of? Yeah, uh, like, can, can, you, can you ask that one more time? Yeah, so I'm just curious is when you had that feeling when this older brother, um, you know, was practicing with you and you had that moment of what you, you mentioned, um, knocked you off your balance mm -hmm. and uprooted you. Mm -hmm. Was and you said that was that moment where you're like, I need to study this and I need to learn how this works and how to do this. Mm -hmm. Was did it come from also like an ego energy, right? Because I think sometimes you know, okay, I'm going back to yoga again, but you know, when you go into a yoga class and you watch um, people get into a handstand, for instance, and you're like, I need to, I need to learn how to do that, right? Like, and sometimes it could come from an ego standpoint of like. To be like, yeah, look, I can do, I can do a handstand, you know, versus like, it takes a lot of, like, to do it properly, you know, it takes a lot of practice and there's a lot of inner work and alignment and energy channeled to get into that one posture, right? right so, right. so, so I, I guess that was my initial question versus kind of going like already understanding that to get there, there is all this other work and all this other study that get, you know, it's not just the come for three sessions and you'll get there. Right, right. Okay. You know, it's like come practice for 10 years. Right. <laughs> I mean, had I known that um, or had that been the case in the beginning, I wouldn't have made it to today. Right. Having that time constraint put on it. I would say that there was a um, deep, deep, like curiosity, you could say that I felt inside when that, that happened, when that happened. Yeah. Of course, I think there was like the ego part is always there. Um, there was the, 
there was like the the cool factor too of wanting to be able to do these things so i think in terms of ego i think that's that's where i was um but with uh but it was like that craving for knowledge craving for understanding that was what drove me to continue mm -hmm. and also to stick with it till today career path career path okay so that was um became more and more interested in studying um wing chun or kung fu and uh there was i i had a few a few older kung fu brothers that um that helped me very much in my in my time at the school um and there was one in particular that i spent a lot of time training with and he's also a teacher now also um but he was the one that kind of gave me a like kick in the butt or like an attitude switch like to make the decision to teach basically he was the one that was that helped me clean up like whatever was not on the right path in my mind mm -hmm. um what was the, not on the right path in your mind at the time uh, attitude it's it's the attitude yeah like and the intention like if the if these things aren't there like you you it's really hard to reach your goal so what where what do you think like now when you look back where were you at then at the time before he kind of like you know gave you a slap in the head and said yo wake up <laughs> yeah. like this is not like you you're either just you know go back to the states and do that nine to five job um or clean up yourself and really gotta focus if you want to walk down this path right basically the conversation was something like look you spend all these hours every every day every week every month um training and you're not going to do anything with it how long did you do that for what like, training just so you, you know going back to our earlier conversation right. you were in taiwan to study chinese right which a year two years ish mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you started practicing uh -huh. and how long did you study with your master and i guess what were i guess you were just studying basically instead of chinese you were studying martial arts yeah, for like, a few years with yeah right with, were you were you like teaching english on the side i was right? i was teaching english on the side and uh, tutoring um so uh the uh training time was like in the morning and in the evening so you did that for like three four years i did that for uh eight years at under low income at, eight years yeah almost yeah basically eight years and that and i would also find time to go to another school uh, to study further to study um tai, tai chi tai chi chen yeah um and i kind of did those two Coinci like coincide, uh, yeah parallel parallel to each other um yeah, you, I mean, eight years of study, and yeah, you weren't going to do anything about it. <laughs> right, right. Um, Forever a student. Right. I mean, there was there was the... I, I guess to make the timeline a little more clear, this it would be probably in my third or fourth year was when my Kung Fu brother gave me this uh, advice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see, yeah. I see. Um, so 
and it and it was because well hey we train every day and you still don't know if you like it like that kind of thing. like yeah of course I like it but he was able to kind of open my eyes to kind of so that I could see further down further down the line rather than just my everyday kind of training routine routine yes and how did your parents take that my parents yeah because you clearly didn't go back and take a nine-to-five job right and you stayed here and studied kung fu for almost a decade right um they weren't that supportive I, w- I would say they weren't that supportive of that choice that choice um it actually took many years i, I should actually actually i should say like only in recent years have they been more accepting right right and what changed oh what changed i if, if since you're asking me on the spot i think <laughs> um i think that it actually goes back to what we what I was just saying the attitude the intention it was inside me that that wasn't there when I had told them this is what I want to do does that make sense mm. yeah it was it was that it's it's that what was inside of me that changed where they where where they were basically more accepting and and also the time the time it's been so many years now that they're more used to it. They're more like, and I would say that they get. There's benefits of my training that rub off on them. For example, I'll go home and give my dad massages, because because of the training, you you kind of get to your to. Well, first of all, you get injured all the time, so you need to find a way to heal. Heal, um, and through that, you. Uh, you uh, learn more about your yourself, your body, and right. and where where the what what connects with what, and where you what you need to kind of uh, manipulate or 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 um, release tension, like um, to 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 help in in different areas. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Well, and yeah. also maybe like some ph- philosophical mindset teachings as well, right? Like in terms of conversations you have with them and being able to... <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, okay. Or maybe not. No, no, no. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about a lot of uh, some things. I think those that are um, listening and are familiar with... Asian families. Asian culture, yeah. Asian <laughs> families, right. There's always like that, um, the I mean the the filial piety. There's the filial piety, and then there's the that hierarchy. If you're the adult, then you're always you're always right. You're always whatever you say goes, and if not, then you're you you you're out. Right. That kind of thing. Um, so, in terms of like philosophical or like even. Um, just having discussions with them, I would say a little bit, but not a lot. But I think it was more 
on my part where I was able to change um, and to not be as reactive reactive about things <laughs> and um, be more accepting towards them yeah about not yes yeah right right there's like it, I don't know it, yeah. it's a cycle it's like a this is funny that we're talking about this right now because um, you know the Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh just passed right and right. so I was just writing a post about some of the books I've read and one of them that really resonated with me was the art of communication mm. right so it is about how you choose your words how you speak how you listen mm -hmm. um, and, I, so. and I don't think it has to do with you know, if this goes the same if you're talking to a kid, if you're talking to your elders, if you're talking to the cleaning person on the streets, mm -hmm. it's that same intention and and attitude. Right. So um, yes, I think that, that I think that's what you were trying to say earlier. <laughs> it was it was what I was trying to say. You and you put it beautifully because, yeah, the the growing up this in this um, as a in the Asian culture and understanding how especially Chinese culture, how, how the parents will kind of put a, will exercise some control over their ch children. I think that was um, something, that's something that a lot of people can relate to. Relate to. Yeah, and struggle with. Struggle a lot with. And, and uh, I'd say prior, I would always point the finger and say, well, it's your fault. Uh, that uh, or like it's it's not my problem but actually as the days go by i feel like it's more important to look at myself and adjust that and then and to point fingers then to point fingers <laughs> and then to and like you know and then things will change for the better naturally yeah rather than try to have right have, rather than try to control the yeah. situation right right well that's good to hear that the relationship is better now and that they're um obviously accepting of your your martial arts school that you've created here uh which brings me to the conversation about um has how any of this has been a challenge for you during these last you know decade of you know coming out to taiwan to study chinese taking you know taking um, taking on this path of studying martial arts and then starting your school and then kind of positioning yourself, right, as you're, I mean, at this point, you're, you're a teacher, a master yourself-ish. I wouldn't call myself a master, but yeah. <laughs> well, headed towards that direction. But in terms of, you know, the challenges you've encountered for yourself personally, right? Like, and, and you mentioned it as well um, in, in some of the points we were talking about earlier too, just kind of like where you were before. I mean, I, I guess, would we could we say like you were kind of lost, you know, when you first came out here in terms of trying to figure out what you wanted to do and then you, you discovered martial arts and that was kind of your calling. And so, yeah, if there was any other challenges that came about in terms of like cre then creating your school and why you want to promote this practice, right? Why you find it very beneficial for yourself having studied it um, and why you think, you know, the world should embrace martial arts just like they do with yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fair I can make that comparison. <laughs> no, I think there's so many parallels with, with um, these types of 
practices, practices yeah. right? And and it always comes back to like like how you do it and and with what intention you have when you're doing it. <clears throat> um, challenges or hardships. Um, wow, I'd say one of the biggest challenges that I encounter have encountered in terms of teaching is really um, really holding the interests of a student uh, beyond beyond a set number of hours mm-hmm. um, because there had because it takes discipline it it takes dealing with discomfort um, in yourself or 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 whatnot to to get beyond these challenges um so that drive and motivation like it has been something that i've struggled with connecting with um students to get them more interested more curious about about kung fu what do some of the other teachers who teach, like your the older brothers, your own master? Oh, okay, he doesn't count because he has a name attached right, right. <laughs> attached to him. So, but in terms of other teachers who teach, um, I'm sure they also encounter encounter this problem too, right? Sure. In terms of retaining students, in terms of really being able to teach this art form, right. Uh, and you're asking what do they like do? What, or, yeah, or like what, uh, what what do they suggest, suggest to you? Or just do it. Just do Yeah, just, just do it. Oh, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. But then you'll also notice that it's like a, that um, this art or art in general is always like it's expressed by the individual. So each of us have like different styles. Yeah. Each of us have not only different teaching styles, but like personality personality and then their kung fu style is also different of of course there's going to be like a how do you say um like a general like right, a, a basis like a baseline right right but then the specifics the details are all it's all up to the teacher and what they want to share oh it's like branding sure sure <laughs> sure i mean it's the same Again, going back to yoga, but it's like yoga teachers, right? Right. It's like the asanas are all the same. Right. Right. But the sequencing, maybe not so, but that's each teacher's style of how they sequence the class. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And like how they, what, how they adjust people or how yeah. they, um, and so likes, their... a, likes attract likes. Right. Right. Perhaps I would just, perhaps I'm just not, haven't been patient enough with that. It sounds yeah. like your next um, homework you have to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. It, it is, I'd say. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier about changing... Mindset. Mindset and, 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 um, and going within. And, right, like, if the attitude isn't correct, you're not going to get the result that you want. But... Um, so what keeps you going? R- Sorry? What keeps you going? What keeps me going? Yeah. So like you were saying, like it's frustrating when you can't retain students or you can't seem to, you know, teach this art form in the way you're hoping that individuals can benefit from and really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so when you face that, how do you keep yourself grounded and to continue to push forth with it? Right. I guess practice more because that's how you spend right. a lot of your time. Um, it is that. I, I think one of the biggest re- uh, ways that I do stay grounded is, is the, continued, the continued practice um, and, and building on... Building on uh, the 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 foundation that I've already built, right, right, um, and and always just going deeper, which is, which I think that's what it is too, like going deeper and how rewarding it is when when you when you look back. Yeah. Mm. So, in just like a few sentences, what like how. Like, how would you describe why you're so passionate about this and that you really want more people to be embracing it? And not just, like you said, not just the different uh, modalities of martial arts, just martial arts in general, right? Yeah, studying martial arts or Chinese martial arts, traditional, I should say traditional Chinese martial arts, um, the philosophy behind it a lot of it was built off of um taoism and uh, buddhism and the understanding that when you can follow this way or this path that it leads to uh, like a much more one deeper understanding of yourself but but also like when when you when you do that for yourself then your life also becomes more enriched in in that process um so i I'd, I'd have to say that's why i would suggest to others to, to try to, to, or to, to pick up this practice right right okay so before we wrap up my usual concluding questions um, for those who are listening who can resonate to your story, uh, what would you suggest to them in terms of, you know, being very consistent with something you're passionate about and um, at the same time making a living out of it? I, I would say that it would be um, to, one, like, be very clear of your goal and be very clear of how, like, what it is that you want to achieve what whether it's in to be a martial arts teacher or in in anything um uh, any any sort of an endeavor um and and then and and be patient be patient about um the process that you uh that you have to go through basically in order to get to, as you say, the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my last question, uh, for those of us who are very new to martial arts, what kind of books or, you know, how how can we learn more about it, right? From a very, just like a one-on-one tutorial, if we're curious about it, um, if we live in different cities, how should we go about researching schools so we can, you know, hop into our first class like is there is there like a book that you know like if you 
sorry, I'm going back to yoga. If you talk about yoga, they'll always be like, oh, well, you know, read like Light on Yoga by Iyengar. That's like a yoga Bible, you know, or, um, you know, there's, there's different books in the yoga world that people usually will recommend as a start to kind of getting your exposure to yoga. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there the same for martial arts? <laughs> If there is, I don't know about it. Okay. Yeah, but I'll, I will say... Um, I that, guess that's... You can write a book. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe one day. Um, or is it all because it's in Chinese or... or this Perhaps, is... perhaps there, there are some in Chinese, but I don't, I don't, I can't, I wouldn't be able to recommend one where you could become interested in martial arts because there's so many out there, right? Um, I will... Uh, say that there is a book that I would like to recommend. Mm-hmm. It's called The Art of Learning mm-hmm. by Josh Waitskins. Waitskin or Waitskins? Yeah. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. Anyways, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it based, but but he's like a he's like a world time Josh Waitskin. He's a world time chess player. Okay. Yeah, and then he um, started to study Tai Chi. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And then he even came to Taiwan to compete. Okay. Yeah. And were you his translator? No, no. <laughs> yeah. He was I think he's like a, a generation older than me. Maybe yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. And now he's Yeah. He's, so the book is an integration of his chess career background integration with Tai Chi? Yes, exactly. And okay. how and how the sim- how what the similar similarities are with um, the two disciplines right the two disciplines and also um, how it, it it's actually if you apply these principles you can learn anything mm, yeah. fascinating yeah. well yeah, I'm gonna I'll include that link uh, in the resource section including your website and your social media so people can follow you uh, or take classes from you cool. Thank you. <laughs> for those in, in Taipei. And yeah, was there anything else you wanted to add to the conversation before we close? No, I don't, I don't think so. Not, not off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all the time we have for today. So thanks for sharing your story with thank us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you for having me. Okay. <laughs> That's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to Curito Connects. For more Connects content, collaborations, and discoveries set to inspire you on your own individual journey, please head to our website at www.curito.co. Until next time, stay inspired and thank you for joining us at Curito Connects.